Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Happy 2017 world, happy 2017, happy new year. Feliz año nuevo, bon ane. Um... 2017 for me, at least in my personal declaration, is a year of inclusion for me. So a lot of what I'm going to be doing is focusing on ways we as a society, as companies, or whenever I'm consulting, is how we can come together, leverage all our differences, and use that to build better leaders. So I am really excited about a lot of the topics and things that we will be producing this year. But I'm also excited at the prospect of, of, of meeting new people and meeting a lot of you you listeners because uh, I constantly get emails from you and I'm going to be traveling a lot this year, whether it's speaking or consulting. So please always shoot me an email uh, to, to let me know, you know, locations of where you guys are, or where you ladies are, and I'll be more than happy to stop by and, um, and you know, say hi and just learn more about what you do. But... With that being said, I couldn't think of a better guest to start this year with. Her name is Jules Schroeder, and she is quite the lady. She's done a lot, as you hear in my intro um, coming up soon. But she's someone that allows people to really embrace their unconventional life path, and she helps people do that. And I found her story pretty interesting. Uh, I found her vulnerability uh, very refreshing, and I found her impact or the impact that she's making really inspiring so i hope you all enjoy the episode and i hope you all smile into this new year this is a year that we are all going to step into our greatness and i can't wait to see all of you on the other side welcome everybody to another episode of as told by nomads and today's guest is a lady i just did a show or an episode with on her so we're doing a little R&R here. Her name is Jewel Schroeder, and she's the founder of Unconventional Life, a show hosted on Forbes that profiles millennials who earn their living in non-traditional ways. So all of you, Jules launched her first six-figure company at the age of 18, her first seven-figure company at 22, while serving as a digital marketing consultant for many top companies. At 27, 
Jules is creating a movement to empower millennials to prosper and profit from doing what they are most passionate about. Now, she's most known for being a trailblazer and a millennial innovator with a unique ability to spot trends and create innovative global solutions, whether it's through a writing, storytelling, or singing. So you're in for a ride. Welcome to the show, Jules. Thank you so much for having me. What an introduction. So good to be here. <laughs> well, what a person. You know, that, that introduction is attached very much to who you are. So why don't you tell the audience about how you just began into your entrepreneurial endeavors <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh i always have to say i'm quite multi-passionate i had someone that was looking at my website recently and they're like don't take this the wrong way but it's kind of add <laughs> meaning it's just like all over the place i've got my youtube videos and me singing and then my writing and the podcast and all this stuff <laughs> but um yeah i mean it all kind of started when i was 18 and uh I guess I've been entrepreneurial for a while before then. My dad was a big Wall Street executive, and he used to come home. I'm the oldest of five girls and would treat the house kind of like the boardroom, <laughs> which uh, I could have the masterfulest plan. And within five minutes, he would tear apart and find every little hole. And that mentality of the young person definitely uh, was challenging. But as I got older, I started to think differently and started to see opportunities all over the place. And ultimately, I was in an economics class at the University of Colorado in Boulder. Grew up in Connecticut, turned 18, left. It was like, the world's a big place, got to go somewhere else. Ended up in Boulder, Colorado. And this clipboard got passed around. And it was like, hey, want to make a bunch of money this summer? Write your name and email address. And I was like, all right, <laughs> that sounds good. I'm not doing anything else. And turns out they were teaching an internship to teach you how to run your own business via a house painting business. Huh. So at 18 years old, I learned everything about business from going into neighborhoods, knocking on doors, hiring a marketing team, training people how to do that, sales, booking work, production, hiring painting crews, and ultimately ran a $150,000 company over the course of uh, just three months. And wow. From that point, I was the top manager of Colorado that year, uh, got all these different awards, got invited to back the next year to teach everyone what I had done the year before. But ultimately, I learned the ins and outs of business via paint. <laughs> and I knew house painting wasn't the end all uh, mission fulfillment, but it did teach me the nuts and bolts and kind of collaborated and expanded from there. So. I mean, so first of all, that's really impressive. I mean, at 18, it, to build a six-figure business, that's a lot of what people dream about even now, uh, post-18. I'm always curious about this, though. What did you find uh, that was surprising about yourself when you were building that business? What was the most surprising thing you learned about yourself throughout that process? Yeah, I love that question. So I think at that point in my life, it had been something where in my gut, like I always knew that I was capable of doing something amazing. And I always knew like I'd hear these success stories and I just was like, one day I'm going to be one of them or one day I'm going to have that. And it was the first time that I had some external validation of everything I knew about me as a being was actually possible. And for those listening, you might be hearing this and that might be your own like endeavor. Or that might be what's alive for you in your life right now. It's like getting that external like, yes, <laughs> I can do it. Um, what it was huge for me. And ultimately it gave me this confidence that like, I knew that I had somewhere in there, but I just didn't have the proof to be like, okay, yeah, keep going. Like that little thing inside of you that drives you forward. Like, okay, here's actually, uh, here it is. And it was interesting because at the time, even though I hadn't got that proof, I was just like not able to even receive that as like an accomplishment. Like by the time when I was 18 and I did that, I wasn't like, hell yeah, let's celebrate. It was like already on to the next thing. And it wasn't <laughs> actually until uh, I was 22 and had this business partner 
partner, embezzle a bunch of money, was running a publishing company. We figured out how to make books bestseller on Amazon and figured out the algorithm. But I was 22 and business partner embezzled $200,000, went into debt overnight. Everything came crashing down. Um, but it wasn't until that moment that I actually stopped to smell the roses, if you will, um, and really, yeah, be hit with like, okay, what what is it and what is my life for and why am I creating the way that I am? So I think it was bittersweet, like definitely seeds planted at the age of 18. And uh, it took me many years later to actually press pause and, yeah, appreciate the successes along the way instead of always on to the next thing. Well, yeah, I'm definitely like the same way, like same exact way. I always speed through things. But I want I, I want to pause there because you sort of breeze through it. You know, 22, someone, <laughs> someone stole $250,000 casually. That happens every day. But, 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 but so, so, so for those listening, Jules built a six figure business, uh, at the age of 18. And then she decided to do the next logical thing, which is build a seven figure <laughs> business at the age of 22. Now, can you set the picture, set the stage up until that partner of yours decided to steal money and then cause you yeah. to smell roses? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a gap in the story for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So for all my ladies that are listening, um, girls that wear feathers in their hair, the whole feather hair extension thing, uh, which was big in 2011, this was my senior year graduating college. And so I figured out how to basically go to fly fishing shops and put feathers in girls' hairs and sold it wholesale to salons. And it boomed this like huge trend um, all across. So that was my first internet business. And it was after I sold that business that I met this guy at a bar. And he was like, yeah, this other buddy of mine figured out the algorithm to make books best sellers on Amazon. And this was back in 2012 before Kindle was like even a thing. And I was like, all right. And he's like, yeah, you want to come on board? And I was like, okay. And so the three of us started this company and, you know, we ultimately did a seven figure launch. We took the algorithm, made it into a digital product, did a seven figure launch, and then we're publishing books for people like Mind Valley and Dave Asprey and a bunch of health and fitness people. But flash forward, it was December of 2013. I was skiing 26 mountains in four different countries in 30 days. I had been running the company for about a year and a half at this point and literally was on the top of the world. I was like dating my other business partner. We were in France. Everything was amazing. Damn. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah, like life is awesome. And uh, two weeks later, I get back and I find out that the, uh, the third business partner had been gradually investing money. And literally overnight, we went into $200,000 worth of debt. And at the time, working with us was about $30,000 per client. So it didn't take <laughs> many clients uh, to kind of get wind of what was happening. And it, it was really like, I mean, this guy, you know, I'd spend a lot of time with his house and his family and just knew him as like a person. And so not only was the money thing kind of shocking, it was also like human being to human being like, dude, what the hell? Like what, what, what happens? And, um, over the course of many months, I dealt with the DA and lawyers and ended the relationship with the other person that I was, um, in business with and ultimately drained all of the personal savings from all of the businesses before. And just when I felt like I had hit rock bottom, it was like one thing after another, then it was my health. And uh, I was dealing with all these headaches and all this crazy stuff. And ultimately, I think it was August of 2014, after about yeah eight months of this whole storm, uh, I decided that I needed a break and to take time off. And at this point, no matter how much success I had had, six-figure company, seven-figure company, like my bank account was like zero from paying back clients, from all of it. And I decided, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to just take some time off. I'm going to give myself 60 days. And the only thing I want to do for 60 days is to actually heal and feel 
and really connect to myself in a different way. And up until then, I was always success driven from more of like what people think is important, like the status or the business or even the title. It's like six figure company, seven figure company, like that stuff drove me. And it was only when I lost all of it that I was like, well, what does that actually mean? Like, what do I actually care about? And in that 60 day game that I created, um, that was an inquiry in that. And so I told everyone that I was going to be no to any opportunity for 60 days. And the only muscle I wanted to exercise was the ability to listen to myself for a hell yes. So if it was a hell yes, I was totally in. And if it wasn't, it was just a no or a not right now. And at first it was like quite weird. People being like, Jules, like, why can't you get back to us? And I was like, I just, I'm trying to listen for this hell yes. And for people that are listening right now, where people are like, follow your gut, follow your intuition. And you're like, how do I even hear that? That was me at that point in my life. And I decided that I wanted to actually learn to hear that and learn to make decisions in that way from alignment. And so, yeah, that's ultimately what I did. And, uh, it led into this crazy inquiry um, and ultimately like next chapter of my life. But yeah, crazy stuff from the embezzlement for sure. <laughs> you know, you know it's uh, just for those listening, there's about, there are more actually crazier things to actually get into, but just stay tuned. <laughs> but I, I want to peel a little from what you said. You know, I love the fact that you talked about listening to that, that, that hell yes. Right. The, you know, that, that, you know, and staying away from the no and not yet. I think on your story on this podcast, several times I've on your podcast and, and, and this one, I've shared the experience of taking the a job that I settled for after 85, you know, rejections. And it was just because I felt like, you know what, I'm not good enough. And I was just going to give in, um, to what society had defined was success for me. But, you know, you committing to, to listen to that gut feeling, I think it's, it's something that a lot of listeners can can learn from, um, and um, and and really understand that you know, despite every fall, there is the opportunity to rise up, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. you know what I I find too, like that the hell yes experience almost. It's like we often say yes to things that we don't really want to say yes to, and it's kind of like, oh, do you want to come out for dinner? Like your significant other is like, hey, like will you help me with something? And you say yes, but it's kind of like a maybe, like half yes. And usually those experiences that you have are kind of blah anyways. And so if you really only say yes to the things that truly are the hell yeses, then you kind of live a hell yes life as a result. And Absolutely. so, yeah, Absolutely. ripple effect. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So so moving on to, to your fascinating life here, uh, Jules, we, we, uh, we share a lot in common. I mean, not only are we both 27, not only have we traveled to over 10 countries, not only are we multi-passionate people, but uh, we share a near-death experience. Uh, I believe uh, yours is a little different from mine. Mine involved a car, but uh, can you talk about uh, yours? Yeah, totally. So uh, it was 2015 in the summer, and I've always been kind of an extremist. I uh, was a sponsored snowboarder for a little while and just love crazy sports. And there I was, like it was in July in 2015, and I was wakeboarding. And all morning, I kept trying to get so much air to like clear and jump the wake. And uh, finally, I did it. And I jumped the wake, I land, and I smack and I face plant. And in that moment when I hit the water, I was like, oh man, like that was a bad fall. But because of my background, I wasn't like, I didn't think I was seriously messed up. An hour later, I got off the boat and I was in the bathroom. And I just remember like coming out of the stall and my whole body started to go tingly. 
and numb. And I felt really faint and I was barely able to walk outside. When I looked at my friend, I was like, something isn't right. And she took me to the hospital and I don't remember much of going there. They thought like my neck might've been broken. I couldn't feel any parts of my body. And I got out of the MRI and was lying in the hospital bed and this white figure and six black shadow council member came towards me. And we had this conversation and it was, Jules, you have more work to do in the world. Do you want to do it? And I said, yes, as long as my body works, I don't want to come back as a vegetable. I don't want to be paralyzed. And after that conversation, I got zapped back into my body. I felt this energy forge my neck back together and shoot down my spine and was in the hospital for a little while and neck brace for a bit after. And eventually the feeling came back in my body. But I knew in that moment, like everything was going to be different. And it was <laughs> like quite, <clears throat> quite literally, like I got present to what's on the other side in a lot of ways, like the amount of <clears throat> eternal love and light that is available. And then having like that glimpse of that and then coming back, it was really trippy to like reorient to life. Like after experiencing that, it's like, what, what does this really even mean to be a human being again, when there's like such this other world that's possible. Like the issues that I thought were so significant and the things that we place so much value on, it was just like, yeah, a total rearranging. Um, so yeah, crazy accident. And literally like, <laughs> I think back to that conversation often, you have more work to do in the world. Do you want to do it? It was like a few weeks later, this woman calls me up that I met eight months ago, eight months before. And she was working for the UN, which I didn't know. And she's like, Hey, I'm doing this initiative. Can you come consult me? And I tell her that I've been doing something in education. And I don't know where she's like, Hey, do you want to be the ambassador for the UN for the <laughs> sustainable development goals? And can you be there in three weeks to present your business? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have no business no business plan. I just had this near death experience. I was still wearing a neck brace, like totally not optimal conditions. And I just yesed it. And then I get a call from Forbes and they're like, Hey, can you come to the 30 under 30 event? And it's just like one thing after another started rippling. And then, um, yeah, it, it's been, my life has been on steroids in a completely different way <laughs> ever since, but yeah. all of that accident. So I told you all that this was only going to get crazier. So <laughs> you, you I, isn't it funny though how out of um, near death experience we get some sense of clarity? I mean, I with me it was I said I have not lived the life that I said I wanted to live, and with you it, it was the figure asking you that question. Yeah, completely. It was just literally like, do you have like, do you want to do this? You know, it was really a choice. And I think when I think back to that moment, it's like whether you've had a near death experience or not, or whether, you know, like you with your car accident, we don't have to have these kinds of experiences to make that choice. But I know from the moment that I said yes, and I came back and made that choice and chose to live and choose to live in my mission and in my alignment, like my life has literally piece after piece after piece just assembled like dominoes. And it doesn't have to be hard. And what I've learned from all of it is that when you are in that alignment, like it, it's very effortless. And you just keep showing up and taking action, but the right pieces just keep appearing. So if you're someone listening right now and it feels hard, whatever you're doing, or you feel like you're going after and you're going after it and you're still not getting that result, like it might be time to just step back. And that's something that I realized, like whenever I have resistance doing something and it's persistent for a while, that's usually an indicator of like, all right, Joel, drop it. It's like not right now or save that one for later. And when things just effortlessly flow, it's a great indicator to be like, yep, keep going. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I couldn't see, I couldn't even say that better. And and it's it's amazing though because after that, you say you got the call from the lady from the UN, and and you know, you know that's a big deal. You know, you be, you you basically get. I mean, you're not forced to create a business, but you you, you said you had a business, and then you created that business, uh, essentially. Um, uh, what was that feeling like? Because I, I, you know, you've done, you've at this point, you've had two successful businesses. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One ended up, you know, not in the way you wanted, but it was still successful upon launch. This new direction, how, what were the emotions going through you at that time? Yeah, it was pretty surreal. Um, <laughs> literally, like everyone's like, "Wait, weren't you just in this accident?" And now, like, what are you doing? You're going to the UN. Um, so it was pretty wild. Um, the actually like doing the work, I, it kind of felt like it was like everything had already been written, and all I had to do was show up. It's like the moments in your life where you feel like there's no more thinking that's involved. Like you just actually have to execute and do it. It kind of was like that, and I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then literally, like, I found myself, like, standing in the UN. <laughs> and to make the story even crazier, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a singer. And so I get there, and they have this huge announcement for the Sustainable Development Goals. And they're freaking out because their performer, to kick off the announcement, can't make it. And I'm like, oh, I'm a singer. Like, I could do it. And I show her my YouTube channel. I show her one of the videos. And she's like, okay, that's amazing. Like, you know, we'll start in 12 hours. And in that moment, I was like, holy oh, crap, am I not only going to present my business, I'm going to sing. And I called up my buddy and I was like, dude, can you skip work tomorrow and come and go help me at the UN? And he was like, okay. And so we get this guitar and this drum kit and I did this 20 minute improv set. And one of the things that I do is I channel um, lyrics on the fly. Like I can make up full songs on the fly to chord progressions. And so I ended up doing that for like 20 minutes. And by the end of it, people literally forgot I was even there for my business. Business. They were like, thought I was this like big hotshot singer because it's the UN, obviously. And it just like that more than anything else was like, whoa, like how did I get here? <laughs> so yeah, was, the UN was crazy on a lot of fronts. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I just feel like I'm going on this ride with you, and you know, I've never surfed before. But I feel like I'm catching each uh, each wave, and it's so it's bigger than the last. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> So, so, so fast forward to now, you've got this incredible, incredible movement. It's, it's just the unconventional, you know, unconventional life. Can you, can you talk about it? Can you, can you talk about what your mission is now and what you do to help people and why it's, you feel like it's your life's work? 
Yeah, I love that. Um, so it was January of uh, this past year, literally about a year ago. And I had said to my boyfriend, it was like, hey, I, I want to start writing for Forbes. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and a week later, an email came in from Forbes in true like serendipitous fashion. I was like, hey, do you want to start writing for us? And I was like, yeah, actually, but I really want to host this show called Unconventional Life. And I've, I've never done a podcast. And I was like, yeah, but I want to host the show. And they're like, okay, why don't you just make it the official podcast to the Forbes Under 30 channel and just host it on Forbes? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had a few weeks to put it all together. And so I launched the show um, in March of last year, March of 2016. And it started really as this passion project where I realized that I talked to some amazing, brilliant people like yourself, uh, thought leaders, entrepreneurs from all these different countries. And they have such an incredible story to tell of how their life has evolved and how they got to do the work that they're doing in the world. And what I realize is missing is like more examples of people earning their living in non-traditional ways. Like it's not like, you know, I went to even you at 27, it's like used to be you go to college, you know, you graduate, you get your job, you apply, et cetera. And even as a young entrepreneur, my dad for years fought me and he was like, Jules, when are you going to go back and get a real job? And it like finally at like 26, he's like realized like last year, he's like, okay, she's never going to get a real job. But I think that there's this gap in between how the career path has been shaped via college route and actually what's possible. Like there's a million and one ways you can make money in the world and people are doing it all the time. And so I decided that I wanted to be the catalyst for that. I wanted to be the home for those stories to be shared. And so that's what unconventional life is, is it's the stories of those following the non-traditional path, but ultimately like redefining what is possible in terms of combining the art of living in passion, living in alignment, living in flow with making a thriving income and money. And so, uh, yeah, so we host that, uh, you know, we do about five episodes a month. It's on iTunes and Forbes and something crazy that ended up happening. Like I said, I launched it in March, but it was this passion project and it was only until this past August where I had this ridiculous dream right before Burning Man and I woke up and the first words out of my mouth were Bali and I had this vision for 30 entrepreneurs like gathering together for this business accelerator event um, that I was like, whoa, maybe there's something more to this community than just the podcast and the show. And so over the course of uh, this past fall, we sold out the event. We did 32 entrepreneurs and did this five-day business accelerator and now we're going to do another one in Italy in May for 50 entrepreneurs and we'll have details coming out about that you know in the upcoming weeks or so but it's just kind of was something that was going on in the background and I just kept saying yes to it and now it's evolved to this like full-blown thriving thing where you know we've now become this content platform where other people besides you know us can actually come and contribute their stories and write their articles and things like that and we're doing this cool summit coming up in two weeks you know an online summit for three days so yeah lots of fun stuff that's just organically evolving gosh uh you're incredible i i, I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say at this point but it's no in you know for those listening because you know, a lot of times in you know our generation, people younger and our, our age, we're always wondering what it is as a life mission. If we, if it's possible for us to to have multiple passions, to do many things we like, if we have to just choose one. And here's Jules, who's you know she's a singer, she's she's a nomad, she's a relationship coach, she's traveled <laughs> 15 countries, she snowboards 50 days a year, she's a, she's been in the pool league for four years, she's the oldest of five. I mean, she's there's so many things she's doing, um, and she's still finding a way to live an unconventional life. I, I guess my question to you is around that idea. I know Marie Fo Marie Folio always says, you know, she's a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and, and it's 
uh, she found a way to do that. But what would you tell that listener right now who is kind of struggling with all these juggling passions and figuring out which to start up on? Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> totally. And I think, honestly, it took me like so many years to realize being multi-passionate was okay. Like, I feel like we live in a world often where people are like, you have to pick something. And what I like to say is I follow my highest excitement all the time. And I think if you're struggling right now with what do you do first or which one do you go after? Or how does it fit? Or what's my life for? Like, those are all valid questions. And like, they don't all have to be answered at once. And I think if you follow that thing that just lights you up, like the thing that's most exciting and it can change moment to by moment. Like literally I decided, you know, it was like a week ago and it was like bored for Christmas break. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I'm going to launch an online summit. And out of nowhere, like I enrolled these 20 speakers to host this business accelerator summit January 15th. And that only came out of like an excitement. Like it woke up one morning and I was like, I want to do this. And I just, I, I did it. Like I've, I've started to put it together. And so I think if you're listening, how do you jumble the multi-passionate stuff is that you follow that highest excitement and then also check in on what is your experience while doing stuff. This is like a constant pulse check I do for myself. Does this feel expansive or does this feel contracted? And if you can try this on even for 24 hours as you go about your day, like moment by moment checking in right now is this conversation I'm having, do I feel expanded like a bigger human being or do I actually feel contracted and I feel smaller? And notice that with the people you're talking to, the kinds of tasks you're doing, whether it's like answering emails or client calls or whatever it might be, or even just like the way that you're spending your time or trying to prioritize the different passions. If you just follow the places you feel expanded and get rid of the places you feel contracted, that will be your cue right there. And that's, it's a practice that I do constantly is like checking in with myself. Um, well, so yeah, one that uh, I offer. Well, I mean, uh, let's stay on that point then. Well, what do you do every day to, uh, to improve? Yeah, I love that. So I really don't take myself seriously. <laughs> people are like, okay, how do you do all this stuff? It's like 24 hours in a day. <laughs> and, uh, I like to just have fun and I make things up. I call them games, you know, like I was talking about earlier, like the 60 day game. And what that means, like I just play for stuff and I don't have an attachment. So I'm really committed to things, but unattached to the form and how they show up. Like for example, that Forbes thing being like to my boyfriend, yeah, I want to play for writing for Forbes. And that was my commitment, but I wasn't attached like, okay, I'm going to go email every Forbes editor I know and like try to do all these things. It was just like speaking it into the world, being really committed and clear, very specific and totally unattached to how it shows up. And so in my life, like I like to just find like and create these little games or little experiments that are small to kind of just like keep pushing my edges. And I always start really small with stuff. And uh, one example is like the realm of relationships. And, you know, I looked at all these areas of my life that I had improved, like my health and my business and stuff like that. But I realized like in terms of like relationships, like romantic relationships, like I kind of sucked as a partner. <laughs> like I had these longer relationships, but I still wasn't having this like extraordinary fairy tale love. And I know you're a hopeless romantic as well, but this type <laughs> of love that like you hear about and that's possible. And so I was like, well, what if I actually get really committed to improving that area and into knowing it? And so one of the games that I created for myself was being in an open relationship where, and I'm like typically a really jealous person and that was like not on the table, but uh, about a year and a half ago, I played with that for a few months and tried on 
being in an open relationship. And what I learned was like all this communication and all this other stuff came out of it. But that was one small experiment. And that might occur like a big experiment to some of you listening, like being in an open relationship. That sounds kind of like a big experiment. like, wait a minute. That, that, that's, uh... <laughs> that's not such a small experiment. I guess for me, it kind of, it felt like, it just felt like a fun game to play. It was something I hadn't done. It was like, I don't, and ultimately I'm clear that I don't want to be in an open relationship. That's like my, not my highest fulfillment, but that was something I wanted to try. And I wanted to just see how I could expand with that. And uh, an easier, easier example that I've done with my diet is for three weeks, I cut out gluten, dairy, soy, corn, and peanuts. And I was like, I want to actually see like, how can I be most optimally functioning as a human being with my health? And so for three weeks, I cut out gluten, dairy, soy, all those things. And then the following week, I introduced dairy. And the week after, I introduced gluten. And I actually found out like by cutting those things out, I had more energy, bloating that I had for years after eating went away. And all these little uh, health ripple effects started to show up. Um, so that was like also just one random experiment. So I guess if I could sum this all up for everyone that's listening, um, is to try to create little experiments or little games regularly. And by doing them, it could be something like, I'm going to experiment with my diet, or I'm going to experiment with my romantic partner, and once a week, I'm going to randomly surprise my partner and not tell him I'm doing it. And then eventually, your partner might notice that, or you might have an experience of yourself doing it. You will grow as a result. And that's ultimately how I keep growing, is I keep having fun with these yeah, little things that I put into the world. Well, you heard it from her. Uh, you heard it from her. I, 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 have, I have one more question before I ask you the ultimate mission <laughs> statement that I usually ask. It's, yeah. it's, it's around um, this, this maintaining close relationships, right? So you, you know, you, you're, you're someone that, that's, that's gone around, traveled a lot, and you started to build this network of people. I'm, I'm curious, though, what your close circle is. You know? and, and if you have one, how do you maintain those relationships despite being everywhere? at any time. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we're, we're, we're touching here. It's good. Um, yeah, I think for me, people are like my lifeblood. They're, they're everything. And as the oldest of five girls, I definitely have mama bear complex. <laughs> like I was at my event in Bali and it was like the last day and they were going on this excursion. I'm like dolling out money for people for lunch. And everyone's like, Oh, mom's handing us our lunch money. But it's like, it's part of my, my being is I just love to take care of people. And I love to see where like, like I love to anticipate people's needs before they even speak them. Like I like to see what could ultimately make the situation better for someone and how can I just fill it without someone asking, you know, like at home it was always like, how could I just do the dishes or, you know, how could I just offer to drive one of my little sisters before, you know, I get asked kind of thing. And so with my like inner circle, um, you know, my family is like, we're all super close. They moved to Breckenridge from New York a few years ago. And all my sisters, two of my sisters work for me with the Unconventional Life brand. And so we're all like mentoring and growing together. So it's like an intimate family posse. And then, you know, my close friends, most of them don't even live in Boulder. And that's kind of, I guess, my home base of the last nine years. But I don't know, not really. <laughs> like I was leaving the yoga studio today and someone's like, you travel more than anyone I know. And it's like, yep. <laughs> but I think um, just checking in with people, like I find uh, Facebook Messenger is actually how I do it most frequently. And it's like it's always something so random where I'm just literally like I read something or I kind of just send even an emoji just to be like, hey, like I love you or just like sending you something. And I find by doing that, it just keeps it alive. And ultimately, like not only do you feel more fulfilled by having people like in your corner, but when you are doing stuff, like when I hosted this thing in Bali, 
like I just reached out to like three people and they're like instant yeses to flying to Bali in two months <laughs> to come lead at this event that I was putting on, even though it was the first one I was ever doing. And then, you know, we had six people, but it, it makes so much more possible when you keep people in your corner that actually matter to you. And ultimately, if you're wanting to take this from the networking side of things and like growing relationships that way, I find that the more you give to people, like the more that will come back to you. And I try to just give and give and give and give and give all the time. And if you can do anything with people close to you or you want to make your relationships like more awesome, just be more selfless. And a friend of mine told me this quote and it comes back to love relationships where she's like, you can't have extraordinary love without being an extraordinary lover. And so to the degree in which you want these amazing relationships to happen, like you yourself have to be willing to transform and to like selflessly give in order to have them happen. So that's, yeah, <laughs> where I'll kind of leave it. <laughs> I give, 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 give. And, and um, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to say something uh, there in um, affirmation and, and I, yeah, and I lost it. But this is what I was trying to say. It was... It was due to the fact that you talk about this, you know, how you travel so much. You're still able to keep that lifeblood of people around you. And I always talk to a lot of people on the show because a lot of them are nomads is even though, you know, I guess digital media has negative rap sometimes. There, there are ways that you can do weekly check-ins with Skype, with FaceTime, with Messenger, with all those things. But, you know, scheduling those friend times in. Um, you know, it was a unique way. It might seem archaic to put down a friend time with a specific person, but I, I found those to be helpful, uh, especially since I grew up in five countries, four continents. So sometimes the time zones can be, you know, tricky to deal with. So <laughs> that's the only thing I add to that. Yeah, totally. I know. I literally, I, you kind of know too, like sometimes like I'll feel it in my heart a little bit and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm kind of missing that person. And so if you ever get that with someone where like someone just pops into your mind, even for a fleeting second, I make it a practice to just instantly reach out, even if I don't know why, like if someone fleets into me, whether it was like someone I talked to just like a few days ago to even like a few years ago, um, that's usually like an instant five minute rule. Okay. Reach out right away. Kind of thing. Wow. Wow. Okay. So. Well, I mean, the, the logical next step is, is, is the finale of, the, of a question, which we have. And, and the reason why I do what I do is because, uh, you know, I, I try to use my difference to make a difference. And I hope to build a movement of people doing the same. So I'm curious, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Mm, nice. <laughs> so my difference to make a difference is I have this ability to see things in people before they can see them and see them in themselves. So I have an ability to listen to people in a way of possibility that invokes possibility to come out of them before it's even available to themselves. And so if I could say that even more specifically, it's like my difference to make a difference is I have this limitless view for what's possible and I'm able to create the space for people to step into that and to ultimately play in it so that they can have that themselves in their life oh well perfect once again where can people find you so uh if you want to check out the show you can go to itunes or forbes type in unconventional life and go to unconventionallifeshow.com and if you love this conversation and you want more in the realm of it on um, the summit we're doing which will be january 15 16 and 17 it's a free summit 
three days. We've got, I know Alexi Panos has been on your show, Preston Smiles, they'll be there. Um, people from all over the place. Um, but you can go to unconventionallifesummit.com to learn more about that. It's literally the conversation of how to up-level every area of your life. And uh, check me out there. And I love saying hi. So jules at unconventionallifeshow.com. If something about this resonated or you want to go deeper, send me an email and yeah, we'll drop in. Yeah, well, this, this episode is definitely going to be out before then. It's going to be out by the New Year. So you will be hearing this in 2017. And what a great way to kick your year off. Um, and I'll put the links to, to the, the uh, summit as well as your other amazing work. And um, hopefully we get more people over there. Amazing. Tayo, thank you so much for having me. And community for listening, thank you so much as well. Hey, pleasure's mine. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.